Are we wiggling? What do our wiggles look like? We're wiggling. I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan, right? He taught, he's, you know, he's a UFC commentator. And I directly relate that to my time working at Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings, like UFC. Because, you know, I had to work every time there was like a UFC fight. I was in the back washing dishes at like 2 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm blasting like, you know, Radiohead or whatever the kids listen to these days. I don't know what I'm listening to. Yeah. <laughs> I hear sobbing behind me. And I'm like, oh, that must be part of the Radiohead track or something. And I'm like, okay, uh, I turn around, there's a server that's like, you know, crying. And of course, I'm like, you know, I'm a human being with a heart. So I'm like, what's wrong? And she looks at me with a straight face and goes, there was a lady in the bar that was so drunk that she threw up all over the table. And she threw up so hard that she shit herself. Oh, that's and she nice. shit so hard that it came up out of her pants like a diaper. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's wonderful. And it got all over the chair and all over the floor. And so she she is like, the manager's making me clean it up. And I'm like, wow, um, all right, well, here's a squeegee. And go, you know, squeegee it off of the table into the floor. And you know what I mean? And then try and yeah. mop it up or something. These people do not get paid enough for this. <laughs> I feel so bad. I think I was about to say like it was like Joe Rogan who did it or something. Because you mentioned Joe Rogan. And that lady was Joe Rogan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, could you start the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, Cooperative Podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through cooperative experience, then relate to you, the listener. This game is the criminal crim of co-op, or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Philip. Yeah. What is going on with your setup right now? Well, I'm at my mom's house. I'm in her office slash train room, just recording the pod. But I'm also setting you guys on the, the printer. So you're a little bit lower. So they're getting like a, a poor angle newscaster vibe where it's like looking up at me as I'm like talking into a mic standing. I was thinking it was more like, you know, in like a movie where like an explosion goes off and then they are like dazed, but looking up at someone trying to save them, like saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Or standing over you the whole time. Like, oh, God, I can't see. Everything's so bright. Philip, we have guests. We do. We do. It's Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Returning guest Bill from the Gaming Collecting Podcast. Hello, Bill. Hey guys, how's it going? And we also have Tony, new co-op partner from the PlayStation Rumble podcast. Hey everybody. So, Bill, uh, we've had you on the show before, back when we talked about new, what was it? Uh, RuneScape. New so, RuneScape, RuneScape 2.0. RuneScape, and then I was also on uh, listening together for one of the Final Fantasy, for the Final Fantasy 8 episode. That's what Yeah, those are banger episodes. But since you are a returning guest... We're not going to ask too much, but go check out a show. I know you just covered uh, Comic-Con and or uh, well, Anime-Con. I'm, I'm currently living it? in Connecticut, but we I went over to Rhode Island Comic-Con. How big is Connecticut and Rhode Island? Those are like the smaller ones, right? Rhode Island's tiny. Connecticut is... So Connecticut is like literally... Imagine like Massachusetts if you just cut off the, like the, the Cape. It's basically just that. I'm having a hard time. Well, you have to know how big Massachusetts is. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the thing we live in. Uh, he lives in Texas, which is a big, big old state, and I live in Oklahoma, which is also quite large. So I think, I think Oklahoma is probably the size of all of those states, right? Oh, or yeah. am I just oh, yeah. crazy? 
Probably. I'm pretty sure you could fit the majority of New England in Oklahoma if you tried hard enough. Well, that's the thing. You see that you saw that stuff where like they go out onto the street and make people look stupid, and they ask them weird questions that no one ever thinks about. But it's like, how big is Alaska? Like everyone thinks Alaska's small because it's small on a map because it's on a tiny well, little thing pointed. Let's up. be fair. There's like children in school who think Alaska's an island to the south of the United States. So yeah, it's on the map. That's where it is. That's <laughs> yeah. not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that's totally what it is. Well, after that non sequitur, Philip. Oh, yeah, gaming and collecting. Go check them out, dear co-op listeners. Now for our new co-op partner, Tony. Tony, how do you get, tell us a little bit about your show? Uh, it's called PlayStation Rumble, obviously, and we essentially just explore the library of games for the PlayStation specifically, PS1 to PS5, we try. That's about it. It was kind of started off as like a play-along thing where we wanted listeners to play along, but we haven't really got a response for that, so now it's just us Talking about uh, PlayStation games, really. No shame in pivoting. Yeah. Kind of wish me and Philip would pivot. No. We've committed. <laughs> we are in our groove and we'll never falter. I mean, to be fair, I'm from the gaming and collecting podcast, and I swear to God, the collecting part is a joke at this point. So. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you talked about in your latest con trips. You're like, yeah, I went up and I looked at a couple booths. They didn't have anything I wanted, so I didn't buy anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Classic. I, we, we did one collecting episode, like, a year ago, so... <laughs> I mean, your Instagram is insane. Like, you got you have so much shit, even more shit than you, you can see in the background normally whenever you're on recording. Yeah, I have a problem. I really need to... <laughs> Me too! <laughs> we have a whole section now dedicated to fucking games I waste my money on because they're on sale on Xbox, and those aren't even physical. I don't have a way to show them off. It's just a Man. number ticking up on my Xbox. The listeners can't see it, but I did recently pick up this uh, little gem for the 3DO. It looks like an Inuyasha. I don't know what is that is. Bomberman? <laughs> Is that Inuyasha? It's a random Yu Yu Hakusho fighting game that only released for the 3DO. Oh. All of that that same era and uh, Adult Swim anime it's just blended into my head. It only came out in Japan for the 3DO, and I happened to find it on eBay, and I was like, I need to try this, because 3DOs aren't region locked, so <laughs> might as well. I mean, is, is it any good? I got it in the mail today, so I haven't tried oh, it. Oh, okay. It's funny, because on our little, our little uh, podcast Discord thing, like every other day... Phil's posting like a bunch of shit in the photos and like I'm like you just ooh and eyeing over it. I have a problem. I know. <laughs> well it's kinda Tony. like that with uh, oh Magic God. the Gathering. <laughs> Give me Philip a thumbs up. He's allowed to speak. All right, Tony. See, we are a cooperative podcast where we talk about cooperative gaming. And this week we're gonna be talking about Streets of Rage. But before we get there, since you're our newest co-op partner, we're gonna ask you about a notable co-op memory that you might have deep in your past. With this game specifically, uh, growing up, my brother had a Genesis. I had a SNES. My brother's Genesis. And I, used to, I was like nine. I was trying to play games with him. And I played Streets of Rage with him. You know, at the very end, it's like, oh, either kill your partner or fight me. Guess what he always did <laughs> to the young kid he's trying, that's trying to play video games with him. He just fucking always slaughtered me. Perfect. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be Streets of Rage flavored. Like, uh, you're talking about PlayStation. I'm trying to think of a notable co-op PlayStation game. Maybe like Star Wars Battlefront 2 or something. Like, there's a bunch of bangers back in the day. I don't think... I, I mean, I used to play, like, Bushido Blade with all my friends. We had, like, Bushido Blade demo disc. And we just run around everything. But I guess GoldenEye. Fucking everyone loved playing GoldenEye. True. All slaps. Slappers only. <laughs> Slappers only. Four people and just, uh, and, like, one one hit kill. The OG Halo 3 customs. Good times. Philip, did you ever play Bushido Blade? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, oh my lord. Best Square Enix fighting game ever. Such a fucking strange fighting game. It's just like a... Like dive kick? No, it's like sword-based. 
Yeah, it's in Sorbet. It's in like the um, what the fuck the era is called? Edo, Kindo, Edo era, Jenga, Kindo era, or whatever. And it's just you and someone else with a sword, and you just kind of like run at each other and try to hit each other. But there's a lot of tactics to it. Like you can hit someone's arm so the arm is disabled, hit their leg so the leg is disabled, and then we do to each other. You guys are just kind of flopping around on the floor ground because <laughs> you guys are disabled. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. This sounds pretty good. Add it to the list. It had a sequel too that was pretty good. All right. It might have been the second one I played. So let's check in with our weekly gaming journals to see what have we been playing. So, Nave, what have you been playing? Uh, I didn't. I I tried my damnedest to beat Persona Five by now, and um, it's looking like it's probably going to be another week and a half at the rate I'm going. I'm stuck in November, and the story has like, it is like you know how when you leave milk out for too long, it gets really thick, but only on like the top. You know, and it's still liquid. It's like insulated on the bottom. That's what happened, but in reverse with Persona 5. There's so much story mm-hmm. uh, towards the middle of November. I'm loving it. I'm not hating it, but it's like I can feel the amount of time I put into this game. Do you know how many hours you're in on this save? Um, the tech, the ticker says it's 94 hours. Oh, but God. I know a lot of that is, is idle, so I'd probably say I'm a, I'm a good 72 hours in there, probably. Nice. And I'm looking um, like I probably have another 30 hours left. What about you boys? You guys Persona fans? Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite game of all time, actually. <gasps> Five in particular? Uh, no, four golden. Okay. Four's good. I actually just recently uh, finished playing four. Uh, I felt like a year. Yeah. Uh, technically, because apparently there's like more to the end. Because I got like the golden ending. And apparently there's like... After that, there's another ending. When you got to the end where like you said goodbye to all your friends, did you... um? go immediately go home or did you stay a little longer i talked to everybody but i didn't go to that i don't want to spoil it for anyone that's listening but i didn't go to that one spot you're supposed to go to that's supposed to like kick off another dungeon yeah you're supposed my to buddy called me he's like yeah he's like you know we didn't you didn't beat the game right i'm like what the fuck are you talking about it's like yeah after you do this this happens i'm like i'm fine this is what I'm you to look forward to philip yeah i mean it's on the list it's installed number five is for me and i'm i'm just waiting to make sure that like i have a solid amount of time to block out and just try to eat up this game as fast as possible. The good thing, because the listeners that have been listening for a few weeks, they know that I've just been following this like spreadsheet, specifically trying to get all of the achievements. But this spreadsheet isn't for getting all of the achievements. It's for seeing the maximum amount of content in one playthrough. And I, I realized that probably about a good 15 to 20% of this spreadsheet I didn't actually have to do. And so, but now I'm like, uh, I might as well keep following the spreadsheet because I'm so close to the end anyways. Like, you could definitely play this game and get a lot out of it without, like, going so meticulous. You Thank could God. even probably get all of the achievements in one playthrough as long as you peruse the achievement list first and, like, figure out yeah. what's missable first. Five is a very, like, forgiving game in terms of, like, completion. Like, if you go back to three, three is a very unforgiving experience. Like, you need to follow a very strict, like, schedule. And if you miss one thing, your run is over. You're not going to get 100% of the content. Yeah, I, I played Persona 4 Golden on the Vita, and I tried. I was like, I, I like this. I'm resetting since I'm only, like, 10 hours in. I'm going to reset, and I'm going to follow a guide and get the platinum in this. And then I realized that I screwed up probably about 28, 30 hours in. And so yep. I was like, never mind. I'm just going to beat this game and have fun. There's like nothing I can do. And so that was in my mind the whole time I was playing Persona 5. But turns out Persona 5 is a lot more lenient. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. All right, Bill, how about you? What have you been playing this week? Uh, 
I've been playing a bunch of stuff. Like, so I have a project I'm working on, might be podcast related. I'm, I've been playing a lot of Etrian Odyssey, uh, Untold, uh, which is pretty fun. Uh, and I've been playing Pokemon Black and White because I'm an I, I get the Pokemon itch every now and then, and Black and White is like the last one that I consider good. So I love that Ferris wheel ride with in you know your little romantic moment. Yeah, it works both ways, whether you're playing as the boy or the girl. Yeah, it makes me wonder. I've uh, seen this game before, the Etrian Odyssey one. I've like seen the box art before. What They're system little, is it? Uh, 3DS. Uh, well, the one I'm playing is 3DS. They originally were DS. Okay. Uh, is this a Square game or uh, Atlas? Okay. So it's literally a uh, first-person like dungeon crawler game, but the whole gimmick is you actually get to draw your dungeon maps on the bottom screen. So you, as you're exploring the dungeon, you have to map it out yourself. You spend That's a lot cool. of time drawing maps. So like Zelda Spirit Tracks? I was thinking more like Dogs when you go to take your dog on a walk and you got to mark your course on the map, you know? Oh, no, it's it's more in-depth than that. Basically, you actually have to draw out, like, all the dungeon walls, like, secret passages, like, f- like random items. It's basically you're just drawing everything for when you go back through the dungeon later in the game so you know exactly where everything is. Sounds time-consuming and brutal. It very is. Like, I spend way too much time drawing those maps. This art style is fucking awesome. Oh, it is. It's it's great. Um, do you guys remember? Speaking of spear tracks, do you guys remember that one puzzle in that game? The one that f- breaks the fourth wall, where you get a you get a piece of a map, and then on the bottom screen is a stamp. And the way that you solve the puzzle is you close the 3ds and open the 3ds back up to put the stamp on your map. I thought that was an um the other one, uh, uh, think, Phantom Hourglass. Phantom Hourglass. Phantom Hourglass. I think so. I yeah, forget. I think so. Because I just I just played through uh, Spirit Tracks recently. So Spirit Tracks was the train the train one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got it confused. Hourglass Phantom is like Hourglass you have the, the, the Temple of the Sea King that's always like time based. And you're like, oh, you just need to collect more time to explore this dungeon, and you have to replay like ten times. You know. Yeah. I fucking hated that one. I didn't. I, I never went back to it. Hourglass is usually the one that everyone says is like the most boring one. So I like the style, but man, that gameplay was just rough. Yeah, it's just tedious. It's then boring, especially because That's like coming from the, a from a pretty big Zelda fan over here. So I think the 3DS got the better deal when it came to Zelda games. To be honest, yeah, it had uh, the remakes, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and Link Between Worlds. Oh, and it, I oh, forgot about right. that one. Never played it. That, that was the game that got me one. into. That was the one that got me into Zelda. Really. Hmm. Well, I was a Sony it's boy. It's technically a, a sequel to Link to the Past. Kind of. Well, I mean, the Zelda timeline's a disaster. Yeah, it's, Zelda, it is, but... it's, a, it's, it's all over it's the all made up. That's the one that's like, so. Uh, some say is, or at the time we're saying, the most connected to Link to the Past compared to uh, all the other ones, I guess. I actually mapped it out with all the games like a while back, and it, it doesn't make any sense even when you actually like figure it out. It's it's so confusing. All right. Uh, Bill, do you have any more games? Um. Well, I mean, Persona 4 Golden, but I play that all the time, so. <laughs> nice. All right, Tony, how about you? What have you been playing this week? Uh, instead of playing the game I was supposed to be playing for the podcast, Tunic has taken all my time this past couple of days. Sounds like me. I'm never <laughs> playing what I'm supposed to be playing. How far have you made it? Uh, I'm at the last boss right now. Oh, my God. Uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass. You. If I were to describe it, I would say it's the closest thing to original to the original Legend of Zelda on the NES in the beginning, it's like, oh, here's a stick. Figure the rest out yourself. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, here, here's a book. But the book's in a different, isn't the, in a strange language. So it's a, a pretty good time. Yeah, I'm currently stuck on the librarian at the top of the tower, or like the wizard. Oh, thing. I just, uh, I just used a shotgun. 
You can get a shotgun in one of the areas. What? You can no, get a um, shotgun? <laughs> in the underground area, there's like an underground area. And you go there and you, I think it's hidden, but you can find a shotgun. So I'm about to go and look that up. I don't know why, but that like really reminded me of when me and Philip were playing Quake and I found a grenade launcher and he's like, what, what are you doing? And I'm just like blowing his ass up because <laughs> he doesn't have a grenade launcher. I mean, you're spot on when you're talking about how it's just like Zelda one. Like I've art just in that little encounter we just had, I learned more about the game than I even knew before. <laughs> and I, I feel like I put like 20 something hours in this game and I just suck. Like fighting the bosses, even though, you know, I'm just in there grinding. I just really struggle. And then you do try to explore and you're just like, I don't know where to go. And you can't, it's, I hate those moments when you're like, I don't know where to go. But then you bump into a wall and you realize it's not a wall, but it's actually a corner you can walk around or something. That's what happens to me. Uh, I got lost or something. I couldn't, I got lost. Towards the end of the game, things get a little more complicated because something happens. And it's like, I, I guess the developers kind of like want you to people to discuss it, I guess, if you have like a group of friends or like a message board. So it's very much that schoolyard type of thing. Oh, like oh, just yeah. what just happened. I, this is a shotgun. This is a shotgun where? So it's just like, yeah. it's kind of like that. You use a shotgun on the librarian? Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you, I use a shotgun on the fucking library. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say if it weren't for Elden Ring, it'd probably be my game of the year of last year. Oof. It's high praise. All right. Do you have any other games you've been playing this week or... Is that the only notable title you want to share? Abe's Odyssey, kind of, but I'm supposed to play it for the podcast, but I haven't been. So, dear listeners, go check it out there. <laughs> All right, uh, Nave, ask me what games I'm playing this week. Philip, what's how's your backlog going? How's your backlog oh, dude, busting going? I'm slaying the backlog, but there's a couple games that are slowing me down. Number one, The Witness. That game. Don't do that. Dude, the game is so brutal. Like, I was flying through it because I picked it back up and I'm like, oh, man, I already have like three hours in this game. I finished like 20 puzzles in a row. And I'm like, why was I ever stuck on this game? I was a dumbass when I played this five years ago, but I'm flying through it now. And then I hit a puzzle and I realized this puzzle requires a piece of paper. I have to physically, (laughs) I have to like write down and solve this using geometry not even like you know numbers but just like moving shapes around on a piece of paper for me to solve this puzzle in the game and that that killed me i, I don't know if i'm gonna finish the witness have you have you boys played it i have not i confused it with uh i thought i played it but i confused it with the observer because it has similar names so no I've yeah played it. i don't blame you the witness is literally a pure puzzle game in in the purest sense of like all the puzzles are very obtuse. They're all like two dimensional and it's basically just like a sliding block puzzle, but you're actually moving like a ball around pegs, but each puzzle has different rules and you have to learn the rules like in tunic through trial and error. So you're like, you just get a puzzle that has like seven pegs and one ball on it. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then you just try solving it until you're like, Oh, I forgot. I have to basically touch two pegs, go around another peg, and then go in between the next two pegs. And that's the, the way you solve it. And it, it feels so time consuming that I don't know if I, I'm going to be able to finish that one. That game is going to make you like str- like wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. Like because you think you know a solution to a puzzle. Like, it's <laughs> your whole sleep schedule, man. Maybe. That and uh, I just started playing. Um, I'm back home. I came home for the holidays. Uh, and my mom got me. I don't know if you guys are you switch. You, you play PlayStation. But. You guys like the Switch, right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry to tell you. I have played a Witness. I know what you're oh, talking dude. about. I'm, just, I'm looking dude. at screenshots right now. Well, since we're talking about the Witness again. I haven't played it in a couple of years, but I played it when, like, I played it at some point. I think I got it for free or something. So, okay. Yeah. Just 
it's irrelevant to what you're talking about right now. So <laughs> listening to your description of uh, the witness, like struggling with that one puzzle and the piece of paper, it made me remember there is a puzzle in Danganronpa V3 that I need to warn you about. Like I just what? had flashbacks. I was like, oh my God. And so you get trapped in an escape room, right? Okay. And there are buttons, like everything's straightforward. It's like, and there's like, you know, everyone knows like escape rooms. You just have to sort, solve puzzles. It's like little domino to the big domino. Yeah, meeting, you right? just brute force everything until you figure out where to go. Well, so there's this one, at the very end, right? There is a box with a bunch of lights on it. And like you, it, it's so, you're like, oh, it's so simple. I just need to look at all of my information that I've gathered. And then I like, I look at these things, the lights are flashing in certain patterns. So I just do this, right? Well, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to write down on a piece of paper, the flashing lights, and you're supposed to flip it on its side and then look at it from the side and then that's the combination, not from the up and down. So you're going to be staring at that piece of paper like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, this is the fucking solution, like, right? You know, and you Google it and every, it's just a bunch of people bitching about the, the fucking puzzle, but no one's giving you like the actual answer. It's going to make me actually have a stroke. This is sounding like a lot of those old Sierra uh, adventure games from like the 90s mm. and 80s and shit. I was thinking that or like Professor Layden or something. Yeah, that too. Yeah, like Grim Fandango. You need the you need the cheese so that then you can get the uh, piece of string and you can put them together and use them like a fishing pole to get the mouse so he'll come out and hand you the bowling ball. It's like Clock Tower 2 where if you don't check this one piece of armor early in the game, you're going to die and get fucked later on. All right, so I've been playing the Switch specifically because my mama, thank you mama, shout out to you, got me those, uh, I forgot, like Honey hand grips or whatever. So it's like basically just a Joy-Con replacement for the switch when it's in the switch mode and it lets you play with like an actual half of a controller these things instead of yeah that's the exact same ones so instead of like navy you're complaining about using little tiny baby controller on the playstation 4 with your man hands i have i had the same problem with the basic switch but i'm using that and i'm playing crisis core remaster or remake or whatever it's called these are pretty nice i'm not gonna lie yeah those little grips they even have the little bonus triggers on what? It just turns the fucking switch into the Wii U, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is great!" And I'm like, "But what is it? Everyone's making fun of the Wii U. The Wii U is perfectly serviceable." Well, oh, this is it's way better. Oh my god! Especially with Joy Cons, how they have the crappy little uh, joysticks, but this has like meaty, juicy joysticks on them. I think the Wii U had legitimate Nintendo 64 analog sticks. Like, I think that's how it fucking. That's what it felt like. But why were they uh, above the D-pad and buttons? I'll never understand that decision. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys play Crisis Core? That's what I've been playing. I played the original. I haven't got around to the remake yet. Yeah, I played the original back in the day. I haven't gotten the remake yet. I'm the opposite. Well, I'm playing the remake, and it is good so far. And I never played the original. I've heard it's a pretty faithful recreation. It's not like the 7 remake, which is just borderline a new game. So... Yeah, I mean, it's trying to fill in some blanks that I completely forgot about in 7 because I didn't play 7 back in the day. I played it when they redid it back on Xbox. When it's the original 7 remake, not Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah, remaster is what I played, not the remake. Yeah, the remake's basically a new game at this point. Like, it's not even a remake. It's its its own original thing. Because they did remaster. Well, it wasn't even a remaster. It was technically the PC port. They just ported to consoles or some weird shit like that because Square's lazy. Yeah, but uh, delicious cheat codes though. Dude, so nice. The just regaining your health because I'm like, man, I don't want to stop and heal every five minutes. 
just taught my health back. I also learned to walk back to the town. Oh, it's especially nice for people like me who like played that game like 28 times. And I'm just like, I yeah. just want the thousand gamer score. You just want the, uh, you want to get a Knights of the Round and then the multicast so you can just cast it and then go <laughs> make a sandwich. three hours watching a Knights of the Round. Uh... Make a sandwich for, <laughs> for an hour or so because you're not going to be playing. But Crystal seems good as like a side story. Like uh, you're playing as the Zack dude for everyone that doesn't know. He looks kind of like Cloud, but darker haired. He's like Shadow Zack. He's basically uh, what Cloud was the first half of the game. And he's very loud and he wants to be a hero. And he does things like completely eradicate ninja villages. And that's all I've done so far. What a cool guy. Yeah, what a cool guy. Just murdered a whole bunch of people. That game was the best thing to come out of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, which was all like the bonus shit they made. Because, I mean, does anyone really... Advent Children. Well, Advent Children Complete was okay. The original movie's junk. Does anyone really want a Dirge of Cerberus remake? I don't think anyone's Oh, there's asking. people out there who wanted a, a remake of that, but... Oh, really? I, <laughs> I mean, could you imagine, like, they remake Dirge of Cerberus, but it's just Gears of War 5 with, with fucking Vincent? What is Dirge of Cerberus? It was another spinoff game for the PS2. It, it basically revolved around Vincent. Um, it took place after Advent Children, but it was like a third-person shooter that really sucked. Oh. Hey, Philip. Yeah. You remember the Shadow the Hedgehog game? Oh, yeah. It was sweet. That was the Final Fantasy version of that. Well, okay. I, I, I'll, <laughs> give Dirge that. Of, I'll give Dirge of Service credit. It's better than Shadow the Hedgehog. But How often do they say, damn? The only thing I remember, uh, about, the only thing I remember about Dirge of Service is like when they, when they uh, ported it or they localized it, they had to add a jump button. That's the only thing I remember about it. That's weird. You get to play as Kashi at random points too, in like stealth sections. It's it's such an odd game. Oh no! Yeah, think, they stole that I from Spider Man Miles Morales. Or no, it was the regular Spider Man, wasn't it? You can play as Stealth Mary Jane. Yeah, you you Stealth Mary Jane. <laughs> and everyone's like, I just want to be Spider Man. I just want to swing. It makes you feel like Mary Jane. <laughs> All right, so just flying through my backlog buster, I'm trying to clear 100 games this year, boys, and I'm up to 16 because this week I finished Twin Breaker. A Sacred Symbols Adventure, which we might be covering for the pod later, uh, which is a good uh, basic breakout, I want to say breakout spinoff type thing, because I thought it was pretty basic until they start giving you more and more paddles, until you have four paddles on the screen at one time. <laughs> and it's like the, you know, because normal breakout, you lose the ball goes off the bottom of the screen. It's like, hey, what if you lose when the ball goes off the left and the right of the screen and the bottom of the screen? And we're going to give you a paddle on each side of the screen that you have to control all at the same time with different sticks. So that was actually kind of surprising. Uh, Memoir in Blue, which one of the is a point and click narrative adventure. Uh, it was actually kind of boring. It took took like an hour and a half to beat. Uh, if you have parent issues and just want to cathartically watch someone go through the same thing, I guess play it. <laughs> That's not living vicariously though. That's just reliving. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, relive some childhood trauma of your parents not spending enough time with you. Do you get all uh, the achievements when you get through it? No. That's what I want to know. So when you play it, there's actually different moments that give you certain achievements where oh, like, no. you can, like at one point I didn't even notice it, but it was like, first thing you can do is like, there's a bunch of ice cubes in a glass. And the first achievement you can get is by flipping all the ice cubes out of the glass. It's just doing what? stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> because you're supposed to actually like click on the ice cubes and turns them into fish. It's a very like trippy experience. Like it's supposed to be like visually interesting or whatever trippy and depressing you're selling me philip yeah I, I don't know play it and there's music as a major theme too because she has like an old radio that keeps popping whatever it's all a dream it's my lovely lady lumps 
No. Speaking of <laughs> dreams, Super Liminal, another puzzle game. You guys played this one? Fuck yeah, dude. This game rocks. This game blew my mind because I thought it was trash until I got to the end and they give you the all right, dear listener. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it. For, so no, just don't gonna, do it. Don't dude, do I have Okay, I won't spoil. Oh man, that twist at the end. We'll talk about it later. Okay. But uh just saying goosebumps, dear listeners. This game gave me goosebumps once because it's not what you think it is. Because I thought it was a stupid quantum conundrum portal uh a story about my uncle these like physics based Stanley parable yeah Stanley oh, parable these these puzzle narrator type games where there's always a kitschy narrator with a funny accent talking to you the whole time going like hey the lab is bad and things are happening and i'm like yeah i know i know this song and dance but they turned it on its head so well that i don't know i can't even describe I feel like I could not do justice in describing the twist because it's so funny because instantly like Jana's in the other room taking care of the baby. And it wasn't until we like got in the car the next day and she's like, I gotta tell you about this game, Jana, my wife. And I'm like, start telling her about it. I'm like butchering the whole thing where I'm like, and it wasn't what I thought it was. And she's like, that's nice to hear. <laughs> my wife. Yeah. Uh, and, and I finished Nobody Saves the World. Uh, Nave, there is a moment at the end where you're talking about in Persona where all your friends are there or whatever. You get to see all the people you helped along the way. And probably the best person I saw because, you know, I saw the aliens the horse. I saw the mummy and all that stuff, but the horse. Yeah, dude. dude I, I, I didn't, we did not talk about this before. I was a total th- shot in the dark. The horse, like, y'all walk up to him and I saw him I'm like, oh, the horse, because uh, my bros, have you played this game? I have not. No. There is a, there's a quest, like in the whole point of the game is you can transform in different shapes. And at one point you find a beautiful horse and you have to transform into a horse and talk to him. And you guys fall in love with each other. And you have a tender moment where your moist noses push what? together. Yeah, like, it's it's really nice. It's your love interest for the game. Anyways, the horse, the horse. Yeah, yeah. and, the and then at the end of the game, it's like you go through all this. You save the world because it's nobody saves the world. You're nobody. Oh, you go through a big character defining moment and you come back, and it's like the horse is there waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like take a screenshot of it too. It's like you go up and it's like the horse looks at you down its long, slender nose and beams with pride at your accomplishments. <laughs> and, it, and then like and it's like and it it waits patiently knowing that you'll return to it as you can then go off and basically like do any side quests or any stuff like that at that point. And I'm like, that's fantastic. That's but, mass effect level <laughs> It's so good. Like, I I don't know. That's what sold the game is so cute. I recommend it. We did it for the pod, but I actually went back and finished it on my own. And that covers all my games I can play. I've only, was that 84 games left to go? I'll make it one day. Nave, what did you buy this week? I bought a game called Hexagroove Tactical DJ. Sounds like indie trash. I don't really know what it is, but it just came out. And so I was, I I, I went ahead and bought it. Wait, is is this one of those Japanese games? No, it it looks very Western. It it just looks like EDM, uh, the video game. I'm pretty sure it's a rhythm game, or it might be kind of like Fuser. I genuinely don't know. Nice, nice. Uh, so you still haven't played it yet? No, because I've been playing Persona. Nothing can oh, distract yeah. me from Persona, because I'm afraid I'm going to forget what the fuck's going on. The All right. plot is thick. Yeah, you told me, thick it like curdled milk or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. Pull up the Twitter while I, I thank our patrons. So... Dear call listeners at home, these are our notable patrons that aren't cowards and are actually putting their wallets where they belong, in our wallets. And that's going to be Insane Cracker, Nick and Knight, Hopple, <laughs> Michael Superbacker, and the Intergalactic Pinecone. Thanks, boys. And if you sign up now to be our patron and put your wallet in our wallet, you get early access to listening together, specifically with our last episode that 
won't come out till the 15th, which I'm not sure when this episode comes out, but it's Dicey Dungeons, which was has a quite a funky bass beat to it. You guys like the Dicey Dungeons? Never played it. I've never even heard of it. Awesome. <laughs> Seriously, the soundtrack rivals Streets of Rage. What? That, which that, game? That's, that's big uh, words there. <laughs> What's it called? Dicey Dungeons. What is it, like a roguelike? It is. It's a roguelike deck builder, but with dice. Also, okay. I don't know if Philip said, but we did that listening together episode with Aaron from the Superpod. Oh, I love Aaron, Aaron and Tommy Superpod Saga. Aaron's a good guy. I go on there as a with Aaron at least, I think in a week or two. I don't remember today. In our listening together, we usually cover game OSTs. I don't remember if we asked you beforehand at some point, but do you guys have an OST you guys you know think we should check out or recommend? Uh, Besides Final Fantasy VIII. Persona 4 Golden. Is that the first yes. Persona I recommend? Yeah, it is. That is the first Persona. Because you feel like that's an easy one because everyone talks about those OSTs, but no one's actually gone for it. No one Do bit. People keep, every time we ask, people go for the Mortal Kombat 1 leg sweep. <laughs> what do you mean? Just like a reversal or something we don't know? Yeah, it is like... Or is that a song? The, we think that the, the punch... Yeah, that's the song. <laughs> okay. It's the third it, song on Mortal Kombat 1. Which I saw in the wild. I went to the movies today, see Avatar 2. Uh, better than the first one. Take that as you will. In there, I saw... What happened to Ang this time? Oh, dude, you won't believe it. Loss is bending again. No. Yeah. But I saw a Silent Scope 2 game, arcade ti- arcade cabinet in the movie theater, and I saw Mortal what? Kombat 4 cabinet. 4? Four? 4, yeah. Philip sent me a picture of, the, of this Silent Scope, and it says out of order on the thing. I'm like, what is this? I thought it was just something from... Re- Philip sends me pictures of shit all the time, so I don't know what is real and what isn't anymore. <laughs> this was an in-person find. That is amazing. We were just talking about Silent Scope at some point to someone. I don't know when, why, where... Yeah, but Tony, what about you? You got an OSC you don't re- recommend? Uh, since we're talking about Genesis games with good soundtracks, uh, I would recommend the Batman and Robin. The, ch- the game is hard as fuck, but the soundtrack is fucking straight fire. That game is hard as fuck. Is it based on any of the movies? It's based off the anime. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's the anime um, Adventures of Batman and Robin for the, oh, okay. the TV series. Completely different game from the SNES version. Uh, this is getting too complex then. SNES version has better gameplay, but the Genesis version has the better soundtrack. So. And it's a technical marvel. Like, those graphics are insane. I, th- I think the soundtrack, the fucking, what they, what that guy did, the, his name is Jasper. I can't remember his last name, but the way he did that soundtrack with the sound chip is fucking amazing. I listen to it so every once in a while. It's such ge- a good soundtrack. The Genesis had an inferior sound card to the Super Nintendo. But the people who figured out how to make soundtracks for that thing, it is insane how great like music on the Genesis actually can be. We'll have to check them out. I kind of wish Bill brought up Donkey Konga because like, every time I see the bongos, I just oh, think about yeah. He's got the bongos in the back. Oh, f- for our GameCube episode, I actually played Jungle Beat and like Alex was just watching me over there going like, playing <laughs> the platformer. It's bongos. impossible to play that game without tensing the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's, it's like it's so much effort the funniest thing about donkey konga now that you bring it up is the second one is like rated t because there's like adult lyrics in that game because like <laughs> some of the in the u.s version some of the songs are hilarious like one of the songs in a uh, donkey konga 2 the u.s version is a uh, send the pain below by chevelle <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like why in a donkey konga like 
<laughs> get a donkey on. That's interesting. I you never know, knew a, that. A song about like a horrible relationship and a bad breakup. But Isn't yeah. there also like nursery rhymes on there too? Yes. Haven't you seen the Donkey yeah. Kong Country TV show? He is um, in a bad relationship. That that show is a dumpster fire. That's the greatest thing ever. Okay. Oh, God. How did we get here? All right, Nave. What's going on with the Twitter? <laughs> Twitter time. All right. So I wrote in to the Twitter, to the Twitter sphere, the Twitter world. I said, we're recording a OG Streets of Rage tomorrow. Hit us with the Sega Stories. Favorite character. And Philip, you gave me a good idea. So Every now and then, Philip comes up with these banger ideas. He was like, Nave. It's been 27 weeks since anyone's written in on our Twitter. How about you get some more engagement, you stupid asshole? Do a do a poll or something. So I put up a poll. But wouldn't you know it, Philip? Irregardless of the poll, two people wrote in oh, on fantastic. the very week that I decided to do this, to implement this strategy. So I don't know if the strategy worked or not. Sounds like it did. Just for the record. So before we get to the poll, I'm going to read uh, from Starter Quest, the Starter Quest podcast. And they said, I remember going to the last fight of Streets of Rage with my brother. He accepted the final offer to join the baddie, and I said no, and we had to fight each other. He won, but we both had put so much energy into that fight that the last boss wiped him. Never reached that fight again. It's like some dra- like a it's like bad timeline Dragon Ball Z Frieza fight. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Darkest days ahead. Elder Trolls Gaming also wrote in, and they said, we used to skip school to go to the laundromat with our money. Uh, they had one arcade final fight. It wasn't Streets of Rage, but it was close enough. And then uh, uh, Jono uh, from the Elder Trolls wrote in under that and said, I never once skipped school. Nope, not me. Oh, good for him. We only, we're all good boys here. Even though <laughs> I got kicked out of high school. In Streets of Rage, you play as some pretty bad cops from what the looks of it. Are they cops? We'll get into it later. Uh, but the poll. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> the poll itself uh, was... For your favorite healing item pickup. And these aren't for all from Streets of Rage. I kind of was just delirious in the middle of the night making this poll up. How'd Meat on the Bone do? <laughs> uh, meat on the Bone is on there. Uh, next to Big Chicken, XX <laughs> Liquid Jug, and Street Pizza. Classic. Now, I don't know I don't know where is... So the chicken is in Streets of Rage, right? But is there Meat on the Bone in Streets of Rage? I don't uh, know. I think so, yeah. I Maybe? <laughs> Because the street yeah. the street pizza's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then the XX Liquid Jug, I couldn't remember where it was from, but I remembered what I was working today. Maybe? No, it's it's from Gauntlet, so it's not even a beat 'em yeah. up. <laughs> but that's something that I remembered from Gauntlet. Remember the wise words of Gauntlet: "Do not destroy food." I was I thought you were going to say Warrior needs food badly. No, do not <laughs> do not destroy food. Well, who won? Because I'm All always right. partial to meat on the bone from Kirby. So we got at 7% XX Liquid Jug. No love for Gauntlet. Except, I mean, I guess disqualified because it's not a beat-em-up. Uh, 23% for Street Pizza. Oh, 30% nice. for Big Chicken, which means meat <laughs> on the bone wins, Philip. Yeah, meat on the bone. What about you, boys? Do you guys have a favorite health pickup in video games? doesn't have to be Streets of Rage. I always enjoyed, like, just stuff you found in, like, the trash can just in any game. It's like, yeah. ooh, a full-course meal. In the Or actually... Uh, Castlevania wall chicken. Yeah, wall chicken. Wall chicken. Wall. That's, that was uh, going to be my choice. Wall chicken. One of my favorites is uh, in Dead Rising, just coffee creamer. Just pounding back that coffee creamer. <laughs> Gives you like Chuck five hearts or five squares. What about you, Nave? You got Orange a favorite? Juice. Orange juice. Uh, I'm going I'm going with the, uh, what are they called in Yakuza? It's got to be the Yakuza energy drinks. Oh, yeah. What was it called? The Royal ginseng Stam- something stamina, 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 stamina x i think it's called 
those health drinks. All right. With that, I think we can take a break and then we'll come back with our game of the week. Boom, 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 music plays. I didn't ask. Do you guys have a time constraint? Um, I, 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 I would go run and get some water real quick. That'd be like yeah, seconds. Okay. Run. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a four-hour podcast on a fucking Streets of Rage one. Does oh, Tony have a bird? Or is that a, that's a what it sounds alarm? Like. No, that's a bird. <laughs> bird detected. That bird is on orange alert. I did a three-hour podcast last weekend, and oh my god, it was... And then I went and played jackbox with everyone on the server after oh hey philip you should have went to that that was fucking fun what you okay did, yeah, you didn't even say you didn't say it was that type of, no no you know how it went basically you were like i'm gonna go play jackbox you want to come and i'm like no i'm not playing oh jackbox we're middle playing dungeons and dragons and you're like no i'm gonna go play jackbox i'm, I'm taking the mic too and i'm like Fine, I said I guess. multiple times that no you didn't tell me that there was gonna be actual people i wanted to be with there <laughs> i thought it was just I gonna said, be like well, I got summoned by Liv from Between Two Gamers. Who else? You think it was just Liv and then a bunch of randos? No, I didn't even know you were going with them. I thought you were just going to play it at your house or something. Or just play Jackbox by yourself. Maybe you're just power gaming, trying to memorize all the stupid <laughs> quibble questions or whatever the the quiz game is called. I'm so upset because we played the rap the rapping robot game, and uh, I rhymed NCIS with PNIS. That was and the it that was like the, the the coldest fucking rhyme, and it didn't win. And we're back. Streets of Rage, classic, I guess the old the oldest one. I don't think there's a remake. I, I would love to see uh, the gritty 3D re- remake of Streets of Rage. Four that came out a few years ago. There's yeah. not an official remake. There was a fan remake that was in the works, but Sega shot it down. One of the rare times Sega's ever shot something down. What was the Bomberman gritty remake? Bomberman X or oh, something? Uh, Zero. Oh, dude. Ax- I want to see that versus Streets of Rage. I don't know. We got four, and four was pretty awesome. Yeah, we already reviewed four, though, yeah. so we played this I one. Mean, secondly, it wasn't Fighting Force supposed to be a Streets of Rage game? Fighting Force was one of like the many attempts at a Streets of Rage 4 before Streets of Rage 4. So I guess technically it is Fighting Force. <laughs> All right. there, was, there was Fighting Force, and then there was this one other that never got finished that was a tech demo that Sega scrapped. What was the one they were talking about in the Twitter? Final Is fight. Fatal fight. Fatal frame. Fight. Streets of fight. Fatal frame. Oh, the Japanese fi- scary game. Uh, Final fight. Streetwise was the one I think that's horrible. Oh, that's the one for Xbox. I think. Xbox and PS2. I want to say it's not good. Yes, these are all games. <laughs> <laughs> but our game of the week, Streets of Rage, developed and published by Sega way back in 1991, before me and you were born, Nave. That was a long time ago. You don't know. You don't know when I was born. We were both born in 93. And now, the sword description. What was once a happy, peaceful, productive city has fallen into the hands of a secret criminal syndicate. Looting, random violence, and destruction are rampant. Nobody is safe. Despite repeated refusals by their superiors, three young police officers were determined to tackle the problem head-on. 99 cents, Steam Store. Wait, you can buy just this one game on Steam? You can buy just Streets of Rage 1 for 99 cents on Steam. Does it have Steam achievements and Steam cards? I don't know. What are you trying to <laughs> mid- like mind game this or whatever? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to afford some NFTs now that they're in the dumpster with the value. <laughs> All right, so let's go around with our history and preconceptions of the game, or maybe there's a series in general. We'll start with you, Tony. What do you know about the Streets of Rage? Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, when I was younger, 
my brother had a Genesis, and Streets of Rage is one of the games he had, and it's the one I played all the time. Next to like Sonic 2, so uh, I've always been a big fan of it. I, of course, I love the soundtrack. I think it's one of the best soundtracks on the Genesis in general and video games in general because it just has all those vibes that you want from it for, uh, mm-hmm. from the setting. And uh, it's a dope little co-op game, uh, arguably better than Final Fight, I think. See, now we got to go and play Final Fight because I don't even know that one. But that was the uh, Capcom. Uh, game that was released on the Super Nintendo. It was basically the reason why Sega made Streets of Rage because they needed something to fight comp to, to compete with what was on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, Capcom. Um, it, I think Final Fight came out after, uh, like in the height of the beating up, uh, beating up uh, era of games in the arcade. Like it came out after Double Dragon. Is I think Capcom's answer to Double Dragon. SNES got the really poor port of Final Fight, and then Sega made Streets of Rage as an answer to Final Fight. Well, Bill, I assume this one's in your collection. Yeah, it's in the. I have all the. I have the entire uh, Streets of Rage series on the Genesis Plus Four somewhere around here. <laughs> well, what about you? Do you have more of a history with the game, or is this something you picked up later in life? So I'm younger than all of you guys, I'm assuming, but um, I didn't play Streets of Rage until probably the mid 2000s when I got one of those uh, Sega Genesis collections because every Sega Genesis collection imaginable has Streets of Rage on it. Oh yeah, it's just one of the uh, defining games of the system, um, but it was one of the ones I always drew. I was always drawn to just because for some reason, like beat 'em ups are just so easy to pick up and play, and Streets of Rage in particular, like just kind of appealed to me. Like the graphics were really great for Genesis standards, even the first game, and the soundtrack. Like uh, Tony was saying, like Yuzo Kashiro is like one of the best like Genesis composers there ever was, and like the game is just so fun and easy to play, and like. Honestly, like I've had memories with that. I later picked up the Genesis carts themselves and I've been playing them pretty well. I've mostly played them single player. Like I even picked up the 3D, the 3DS uh, 3D remakes just because those were available at one point as well. And it's one of those games I like to go. I like to give it a yearly playthrough every now and then, mostly just to hear the soundtrack again. Yeah, I mean, like just step in my history. I don't have a history besides I probably played on one of those Sega Gems collection back Mm -hmm. on 360. But it was also in there with the trash that is Echo the Dolphin and what? pretty much any other. Yeah, I'm not an Echo the Dolphin fan. I didn't get it. Like, I get that you got to, like, <laughs> I mean, manage your it's breath. It's all right. Push- I mean, I wouldn't say it's trash. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> well, it, it was probably good for the time, I'm sure. The like, second be there for the Dolphin zeitgeist, Philip. The oh, second, yeah. one, the second one is definitely better than the first one. Uh, the first one is straight up nightmare fuel, though. <laughs> Uh, Nate, what about you? What is your, what's your history with Streets of Rage? I know we covered it, uh, Streets of Rage 4 in one episode. Yeah, we did play Streets of Rage 4, but, um, it's the same. Um, I played it on a collection on the 360. I had a, I had a Sega Genesis for a short period of time and Streets of Rage may or may not have been a game that I had on it or something like that, but I was just too young and I wasn't invested in video games at the time. And I was upset that I didn't have an SNES anymore. And so... Yeah, uh, I probably played Streets of Rage 2, and that's the one everyone was trying to get us to play since we were talking about this. I mean, Streets of Rage 4 is the one I'm most familiar with. Yeah. Uh, With that, let's go and do the characters. Because once again, we have Mr. X, who was the bad guy in 4, or it was Mr. X's son and daughter or something. I don't remember. But it doesn't matter. This game, Mr. X is bad. This is a bad city. And these cops, these young cops are fed up with it. And our cops are Adam, Axel, and Blaze. 
which can you believe it a female protagonist in a beat-em-up game way back then mm. they had to have some variety it's weird yep. that there's three characters and it's two player that is odd that happened yeah. a lot in uh back then i mean ninja turtles just four four turtles and so usually two players on all the consoles so. i think it was console limitations because the um the arcade version of uh, ninja turtles you could play as all four yeah at once. look at final fight for snes uh there's only two characters you could choose because they didn't have guy in it for some reason until they re-released it with the with guy in it sometime later so uh the sega cd version actually had guy Believe it or not. Oh, the Sega version CD? Yeah, it was re-released on the Sega CD as like Final Fight CD, and that that's actually the best console port at the time. Mm. Probably, yeah, because yeah, the SNES version wasn't... They re-released the, the guy version, I think, and I think Cody was missing or something like that, so... Yeah. Didn't make it didn't make sense, any sense either way. Well, did you guys have a favorite character for Streets of Rage 1? Any Blaze mains? Blaze. Yeah, it was Blaze. Blaze. Yeah, Nave also grabbed Blaze instantly. I had to be able to tell myself apart, even though I think Blaze is the only character who has a palette swap as an enemy that shows up on the reg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like, oh god, I'm lost. Suddenly, I don't know where the fuck's going on. Which, uh, interestingly, Philip, how did you know the, did you look it up, the bad guy's name? Because we played the Japanese version for some reason, so we didn't, the, what the little words popped up on the screen, we couldn't understand them. Oh, so you guys played Bare Knuckle. Is that was that what it's called in Japan? Yeah, Japan yeah. The series is called Bare Knuckle. Why is it so much cooler in Japan? I don't know. Streets of Rage is really cool. It I think is. it's Bare a cool Knuckle. Title. Bare Knuckle is like on there up there with Mortal Kombat. I don't know. Streets of Rage is pretty awesome. Especially so apparently this whole city is corrupt and evil or whatever and full of crime. Which I think that can roll right into the other side characters, the enemies. These enemies are fantastic i love all their designs because we got returns from uh four or not returns i guess predecessors like um old we just see him walk on the screen and yell he's got a knife and he just holds a knife in front of him runs in a straight line at you (laughs) (laughs) it's uh something that always stun locks us when we see him sprinting it's worse than when there's multiple of them just on one screen they just run you over repeatedly uh, this game doesn't feature uh, what a lot of the other beat em ups had, which was you'll see a health bar with their name whenever you're whooping up on them. These guys didn't have names. It was really sad. They didn't have the rotating three names. Yeah, like Terry, <laughs> Cruddy, whatever. Arson. Uh, we also fought, I think, like a, a flame juggler at one point. There's uh, dominatrixes that show up and fall on the ground and you can't hit them when they're on the ground, which is kind of annoying. Uh, what other characters do we have? Oh, there was the big guy that could breathe fire. And that guy was a monster. That guy was so hard to beat. He was the ultimate warrior guy. Oh yeah. The super ripped pro wrestler that would just run through you. But one thing about the pro wrestler, you could grab him because we'll, we'll talk about it later, but like the grabbing mechanic is so ridiculous in this yeah. game. It's like really it, funny. it's super, I don't know, like iconic for this title. Uh, just rolling down the back. Don't forget Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah, Freddy Krueger. Like, you had a Wolverine that just runs around dashing really quick. So, uh, ninjas? Or, like, kind of monk samurai things yeah. or something? Uh, just street, random street thugs. I'm trying to think what else. So, what did you, you guys played as Blaze? What do you think of her 16 bit scream that gets really annoying after like three <laughs> seconds? Oh, are you talking about her ultimate? No, just any attack she does where she just screams, her 16 bit scream sound where it's like, oh, God, this hurts after a while. I don't know. We didn't hear hers as much as Adam's, I think. I, was that Adam that you played as, Philip? I think so. You talk about when you kill the enemies, like the girl enemies, and you just there's like a screech? Uh, every screech in this game is pretty uh, pretty bad because the Genesis sound card is uh, 
it's special how it how it works. You think maybe it just sounds better on the version that we played? Could have been because we played the Xbox One collection, Sega collection that had all one through three on it. Well, it was a it was a backwards compatible 360 game. Oh, but, was it? Um, yeah. We we made a point when we were playing because whoever Philip was playing, I guess it was Adam. Um, every time he jumped, which he was doing often, he would make a noise. But my character Blaze wouldn't make a noise when I jumped. Uh, she only made a noise if I attacked while I was in midair. Yeah, and that, Philip's character how. also attacked when so he would jump and make a noise and then attack and make another noise. And we were just, we were just goofing on him. Yeah, we were just like making tons of just rah 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 every time. Very silly. Classic uh, retro game uh, sound bites, uh, which even though we did play the Japanese version, all the the backgrounds and everything was still the same. They were still localized for an American city, and then we got to see great sh- stores such as Food Cafe and uh, <laughs> trying to think of the other ones. There's another one that was just like Restaurant Restaurant was was just the name of <laughs> yeah. one building. I think one's just called like Pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there were like signs on the wall that I think said like hit or something. It's just a picture of a lady. Oh, what was that? Do you remember that poster that was like flowing in the wind on the wall? And yeah, we just sat there and stared at it for like a second. Amount of like animation detail in this. Like it is an older title, but some of the, the pixel work is really well done. It, it's really well done. The only thing that hurts it is like two is just so much better. That's what but everyone I mean, says. I actually like this one more than any other one. So. What? That's fine. I know I'm in the minority, but I think the first one's my favorite. Maybe because of nostalgia, but they're both right. amazing games. Honestly, two, two is just clearly a sequel. Like it, they refined a whole lot of things. Uh, if you talk about refining, I don't think this game needed that much refining. No, it really didn't. Based on the, I don't know, we called it like the secret combo moves we would do. Mostly it started because like I would repeatedly grab Nave, and it's funny when you walk oh, up and you like it. grab someone, and you if you grab them from behind, you just kind of like hold their hips. And you're just, like, <laughs> you're just, Give him a little hole. And so like we would just be walking because it's like walk to the right to spawn the next group of enemies. And I would just bump into Nave. And the grabs are automatic. And you can friendly fire. So you can grab your teammates. So I would just grab him and we would just stand there. It just wasted time. Escape. Yeah. I, you, you can't escape once you're grabbed. So I'm just like, let me go. Let me go. <laughs> we can't move. But there's so many like before we even really like understood how the combat kind of worked. There were so many points where we were friendly firing, or Nave would literally just grab me and then suplex me straight into the <laughs> And I'm like, why, Nave? As I'm laying there. I'm like, I don't even want to get up. What Philip's talking about with the hidden combos and stuff, all of this grabbing, uh, we realized that the person doing the grabbing can do like cartwheel jump kicks over people and like flip off of them. It's really interesting. Yeah, you don't set up for like super super saga Mario and Luigi bro moves where one guy can like pick up the other one and kind of throw him through the air and he'll like do a jump kick. I don't know if it does any bonus damage. It looks cool as hell, but <laughs> it's really inefficient to use in a fight. But I really liked it. There's a lot of breakables that drop items such as meat on the bone, other healing items. Another thing they could drop is a police car, which when every time you come back from the dead, you get an ability, which is your ultimate use ability or whatever, where you call the police and the police <laughs> always roll up in their car, pull out a grenade launcher or rockets or something and just RPG. fire it. And it just nukes the area. And I'm like, man, I really hope there were no civilians nearby as we're just like nuking this whole street in downtown. It's all right. They have video game logic. They're not on screen, so they're fine. <laughs> yeah. It, even though it seemed like it kills everything on screen, except for us, of course. Things are rough in San Francisco, I guess. Is it San Francisco? 
I don't. I think it was New York. No. I don't know. <laughs> I just picked, I just I threw a dartboard in my mental map in my I, head and picked a random city. I think it's what they pictured New York was in the nineties or late eighties. Yep. The cops with grenade launchers. I love old Japanese interpretations of America. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's so good. I mean, I still like the modern ones. Like what's the Mega Wolf sniper thing? What's the Mecha oh, Wolf? Oh man, Mecha Wolf sni- uh Mecha Wolf Chaos X D or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that I think it's called, I think it's Metal Wolf. No. Talk about the um, from software game where like you're the president and you go in a mech. Yeah, yeah and then Richard. I think it's Metal I Wolf. It. I still need to play that game. Is that a PlayStation only? I am the president of the United States of America. Yeah, it's Metal Wolf Chaos. Ooh, what a title! We so close. I know it's on it Xbox. Uh, yeah, it, it's on Xbox in Japan because, but it got uh, it never got released here originally. But then they recently remastered it and released it. Uh, other kind of mechanics there's all the grabs the punching the it, there's only one attack button i think right but you yeah. can kind of mix it up by doing air attacks and mm-hmm. grabs and nave you were getting some monster combos with blazing like you would be like juggling people for like 10 seconds straight meanwhile i'm over there just like suplexing a guy one time be like <laughs> yeah stay down the suplex is fantastic though it's so funny a couple of items that were kind of weird like you could pick up weapons of course you have the classic pipe you got a knife. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like smoke bombs. Do you guys know what these smoke bombs even do? I thought no. it was uh, like pepper spray. You, if it's you throw spray? it at an enemy, I think I think it's pepper spray. I think you, you throw it at the enemy, you use an enemy and they just kind of become disabled. I don't know. We tried using it multiple times. It could not figure out how it's to make really, it work. It's super funny that it's like if that's what it does, because it reminds me of like you know, in video games where you can order your teammates to attack the enemy you're looking at, but like you're looking at them already. So that's like, why not just shoot them? Like <laughs> you're yeah. already looking at them. So it's like, if you're already lined up for a, a pepper spray, why don't you just go punch them in the mouth instead? <laughs> like it's, it's, I think it's for like, I think if you use it for like the jugglers or something, that way it's they're disabled and they don't like throw Ooh, the axes okay. at you or whatever. So it was one of those items that I only ever got when I didn't need it. So I was always like, yeah, just threw it. Yeah, just like, throw it. Get rid of it. One thing about the jugglers is this game does almost like the Smash Bros thing of like when two people hit at the same time, neither one of them really takes damage. And the jugglers have like those hit boxes that they're rotating around or juggling. And it's so weird to do a jump kick on them because you will hit every single hit box as they're like juggling it. And I don't know, like, this game feels really polished for being such an old title. What I found out um, accidentally recently when I uh, played through it right before this, yeah. um, when the guys are throwing the axes at you, you can actually punch them out of the air. Oh hell yeah, you can. Yeah, I, at least with uh, at least with Axel. I'm not sure with Blaze, but I remember I just I just give it accidentally. Yeah, I was jump kicking into them all the time. I was jump kicking all the time, anyways. But so it was incidental. It's not like I'm the Neo of Streets of Rage. But <laughs> all right, so that kind of covers that little little blurb. Let's talk about the levels. Now, I tried to put the levels down here from memory because I didn't have time to work on the notes. I was even late to the pod. This Sorry, dear listeners at home. So let me, if I... We had to play through it twice. Yeah, we did play through it twice. Uh, You got like, there's the streets, the bridge. I think there's like a sewer underground facility type thing or factory, maybe. There's the beach. Oh, the beach. I forgot about the beach. That's where we were like, it's San Francisco. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, the beach. Weird water effect. Yeah, it's like a factory with like a with because they have conveyor belts, right? Conveyor belts and the the things that uh, 
don't know what the, the pressers. Yeah, just smashers um, for the conveyor belts. Smashers. We can smash I like things. <laughs> I one suplexed thing... Philip directly underneath one of the smashers, and then it killed him. <laughs> so funny. So and he cool. just didn't say anything. He just <laughs> respawned. So, so one of the things I love about this game is like the Genesis itself had a color palette limitation. Like it could only do so many colors at once on screen. And I'm I'm convinced like Sega on all their first party games would go out of their way to like push as many colors as they could per screen just to get around it. Like they'd use like all these like programming techniques to get around their limitations. And like Streets of Rage is like one of those games that I think shows it off the best. Because this game looks like great, like color wise, color palette, like level to level. Yeah, it looks really good uh, on the beach level specifically. I remember me and Abe talking about how you could see the background like past the beach as we were walking by this is kind of i think after the bridge maybe where you could see them like in between the spokes on the bridge too yeah the uh, parallax scrolling effect where like the background would move at different speeds so it would look like kind of 3d in a way yeah i mean it's really good very well done i think also on the beach level you'd be walking and i guess the wind would blow like trash oh yeah that was it Mm -hmm. it's like wind or rain effect it really reminded me when like uh there's this fighting stage on mortal Kombat three that's like in the middle of a street and like with a bunch of buildings just in the middle of an urban area and like a bunch of trash is always blowing and the subway also there's like so much debris everywhere is like a very uh i was gonna say primitive but that sounds mean but i mean like this came before that obviously when you look at it but it reminded me of that you know this is kind of a weird connection but i feel a lot of uh connection almost to hotline miami too hmm. even though like they're very different games but just the, the kind of style i feel i felt a vibe there i could see that it's kind of like the the crime overridden city with like the uh the vigilante former cops like going like stuff like that yeah uh which in these levels it's, it's a lot less uh, murder and mayhem oh yeah. true <laughs> even though you fight so many people and you blow them up with grenades, and you throw like them a off. A lot of there. these people die. You throw them off of uh, the the elevators. Yeah, the elevator, or you got to throw them off the bridge. Which you fall off the elevator or the bridge, instant death. And four, they yeah. are not instant death. And so we were shocked that we lost the stock for falling down those little little holes. Mm-hmm. That's the nineties uh, difficulty right there. Yep, yep. Uh, another thing in the elevator level. You're going up the side of a building to get to the penthouse where Mr. X is, but you can still call the police down on the street level to fire their grenades that will land on the elevator you guys are riding up on. It is always so silly because when you activate it, the camera tracks all the way down the elevator shaft, then over <laughs> down the street to where the cops are chilling. But they always show up wherever you are. So even though we were in the, like a factory on a conveyor belt, the cops just roll up onto the oh. conveyor belt and just light them up. And we're like, oh, good. The cops are here. Yo, you forgot about the boat. They showed up on the boat. Oh, I dude. forgot about the boat level. Yeah. They can show up on the boat, but not in the penthouse. That's, no, no, no. Don't be silly. That's my favorite <laughs> thing about, about 90s beat-em-ups. You always end up in the weirdest fucking places just to have level <laughs> variety. It's like, oh, I'm on a boat now. It's like, oh, I'm in this like castle in the sky just because. Which is pretty good. Like If they're like, oh, it's in a city. What locations can we do in a city? At least they really got out there like, ah, boat, elevator, factory. The classic. <laughs> is it the elevator like right after the boat? Like, how does that work? <laughs> I don't remember. You don't question it. It just it it, it just is. And I'm trying to remember where the factory came into it. Like, I think the fact I just played it too. That's the sad. Thing. I played like an hour ago, right before we started. So that's a sad thing. I don't remember the order. But the the problem we had was we were playing it through in on the American version. We made it 
to, I think right before the elevator or something. And that's when Nave decided he was going to hit uh, game over instead of continue whenever he died. Because in you know, the expert version, we have endless credits or whatever. And that, of course, means he's done playing. So I can keep playing without him. But we're like, oh, man, now we got to restart the whole game because there was no level select in our version of the game. So we replayed the whole game in Japanese this time to see if there are any differences. And we made it to the final level, which has been referenced multiple times at this point. So no spoilers, spoilers ahead for Streets of Rage. You have to fight either Mr. X or possibly your co-op partner at the end of the game. They stole that from Castle Crashers, blatantly. And they stole it from uh, Lego Star Wars. This, the Which one? The one of them. One, the first, the first one, one. When you need to play as Anakin and Obi-Wan. <laughs> Which I have a big oh, pickle to pick about this one. Yeah, because, okay, well, I'm in like a tons of video game Facebook groups and there's one meme that always comes up and it's always like big brain video game idea. What if you played a whole co-op game and then at the end you had to fight your co-op partner? And I'm like, that's, yeah, that's been done that's so many times. That's been done so many times. No way out. Unoriginal, but it makes me so angry. And I always read the comments where it's people just like me that are super angry in there. So I'm sure it's just a bait <laughs> post. It has to be just it like, has to be. it's, a, it's just know, a shit post. It's usually you know that you know the pictures that's obviously Link, but it's like I love Zelda or something like that. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like Metroid's oh, my favorite character. Yeah, Which, yeah, John Halo. Oh, John Halo, John Streets of Rage. But <laughs> you guys talked about it earlier. We got there and we it was all in Japanese, so we didn't know what Mr. X was saying, and we obviously had not played the game before, so we didn't know what was about to happen. But he had a question that popped up, and it was like yes or no, and we're like, oh no. And it didn't say yes or no. It said kanji and kanji. And so we had no idea what. So we were just like, well, let's just pick the different ones. Why not? And then we instantly started fighting each other. I'm like, oh, no. This is just like uh, the versus mode in Streets of Rage 4. Because we are, in fact, playing Streets of Rage and versing each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, and who won that, Philip? Uh, Multiple times. I was like, hey, man, maybe I should look up and see what was happening right now. And you're like, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like thanks man you're really team player there and i look it up and i'm like oh one of us has to win basically that's it. <laughs> and nave won and blaze became queen of the underworld or whatever yes there wasn't i don't think there was a lot of differences between the japanese and american version of streets of rage one anyways well, you skipped you skipped over something because I what? when I beat you, he asked me in kanji again. I assume, do you want to join me? And I I guess I assume I said no because I had to fight him also, and I only oh, had yeah. one life left, so I had to beat him in one life, which I did. Oh, okay. I mean, we could have beat him together if we both said no, but we didn't you know. know what we were signing. We weren't reading the fine print. We weren't reading the fine kanji. Yeah. Which, I love this ending. What do you guys think? It's fun. It's like the traditional, like, 90s beat-em-up ending. Like, it's nothing too spectacular, but it's kind of like, you, you get that, like, feel-good feeling, like, yeah, I just did that. Yeah, I think it's cool that, like, it gives you the option to, to be good or evil at the very end, at the last second. So it's mm. always cool to have little options there. It is very binary, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, well, for the time, I, for the time, it was, um, you know not that common as it is now. So like, I remember I played my brother and he's like, I'm going to be evil and kill you. I'm like, don't do that. And then he did it with my ass. I love how it gives each player an individual choice to you. It, it, it's not binary though. Well, true. It's, there's, 
It's double binary. Is that what it's called when there's more than two choices? Double binary? Yeah, that's what it's called. Because if you die, does it just end? Oh, wait. Hold on, that, that makes more endings, right? Wait, no. Well, it's like either you, either you <laughs> both say no and you fight Kingpin and good guys win. Or one person says yes, one says no. Good guy wins and then fights Kingpin and wins, which is what I did. And then you can both disagree, and then you can join Kingpin, and then you can both you can both disagree or yada. It doesn't matter, but Kingpin kills you, and then that's like its own ending. That's the ocarina. That's the Majora's Mask ending. I think you both say yes. You still have to fight each other. Oh, he's like only one oh, of you really? can join me. I think so. I, I've never done it, and I never even thought about it. So I'm. I mean, that's what I'm guessing. Hmm. Interesting. It's like a Telltale game where none of it really matters. I was thinking more of a Mass Effect three. Where you get a different color explosion at the end? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally That's a good call out. Which I still haven't played Mass Effect 3. He's on the list. Maybe after Persona. Insane. All right. So I feel like I've covered all of my meat on the bone points. You guys got any uh, finer aspects you would like to dissect, discuss, or overall just break down? Um, there is a version for the Game Gear and Sega Master System mm-hmm. that's actually pretty solid for the most part, even though it's only one player. It looks pretty fucking good. And yeah, the, the graphics are really good. The soundtrack's okay. Just some good tracks and there's some like shitty tracks. Like for whatever reason, like the second level, it's the you know in the in the Genesis version, there's the level the character select music. For some mm-hmm. reason, they use it as level music. So it's the same thing, same like five seconds of music for like five minutes. Yeah, it gets old pretty quickly. I but... think that was mostly Game Gear sound limitations because the Game Gear sound card was pretty basic. But I mean, otherwise, it's it's pretty solid. Uh, there was also like a, a version of two, but that one sucks. But the first one's pretty uh, it's pretty good. Dave, what do you got? Just really proud of that song, and they just wanted to yeah. show it off. <laughs> uh, it's it's and it sounds awful on the on a SMS and Game Gear because it's just it's no. Yeah, the, the Game Gear sound card was weaker than the NES's sound card in a lot of ways. Um, the Genesis sound card, though, has a distinct sound that a lot of people love. Um, honestly, I just think this is a one of the most solid beat em ups of the 90s, like in a lot of ways. Definitely. I prefer two personally, but one still holds up to this day. Like, th- they're both honestly two of the best beat em ups of that era in a lot of ways. I mean, the first one, uh, the intro music for Shoot to Rage Alone is fantastic, especially mm-hmm. with the intro when it, it scrolls up. And the start screen, it just has like this big thumb noise, like thunking noise, and then the character's shown the screen, and it's like press start now. And it's just, you know, Chef Kiss uh, in terms of presentation. Well, you guys seem very well versed on the Streets of Rage series and multiple beat em up series. How would you rank it as far as like one, two, three, and four? Like which one's the best and the worst? Or are they all pretty top, um, like top tier? So for me, it's two, four, one, three. Of me, uh, it's one, I guess, two and four and three. I think. Oh three man, three made the bottom. Right. Well, here's the thing. There's so J- Japanese three, I'd rank higher than American three. American three sucks. What happened? They made it three times harder for no reason. Oh, I'm not too familiar with the third one, so it's okay. The American version is stupidly hard for no reason. Like they jacked up the difficulty, took away lives, like just made it harder. 
because I don't know. <laughs> so they did a reverse Super Mario 2 or whatever, the lost yeah. levels. Yeah, there, they, there's a certain point in the 90s where publishers would make games needlessly difficult because to combat rent, renting for some yeah. stupid reason. They would do it to like RPGs that are already hard and just make them harder. So uh, working designs in particular was infamous for that. Like they would make the certain RPGs just harder for no reason. Those jerks. I love working designs, but some of their decisions were bizarre. All right. Nave, do you have anything? No. All right. I think we can <laughs> take a break thing and get to our final words. Boom, boom, boom. The music plays. Am I frozen? Still no, you're good. Me? All right. So we're back. So Streets of Rage. I'll take these first final words. This is going to be a soft recommend for me, dear couple. It's not a hard one because honestly, retro games aren't for everyone. I've brought on record multiple times that my daughter physically vomits in her own pants if she sees <laughs> pixels for some reason. I don't know what, what? what her weird aggression with it is, but some people can't take it. These are older games. There's only one attack button, one jump button, and you just got to kind of figure it out. I had a lot of fun with this. Me and they were laughing at all the silly things that would happen. And when we, I'd grab him, and then he grabbed me and suplex me. And then, He'd pick up a knife and just throw it in, just stabs in the back of my head. And we call the police every time you get ran over by a fat guy, like shooting out fireballs. The game is fun. Yep. It's silly. Uh, and it's short. We beat it twice in less than two hours, probably. It was less than an hour. For yeah, both? It's like only like, I think it's about like a, maybe a half hour run at most. Yeah. I mean, we had a great time playing it. And if you have any drive to, I don't know, I want to say like nostalgia. Was it like, oh, retro respect or something like that? Like if you have any interest in these older titles, this is a great place to, I don't know, maybe start off the whole franchise run through. And we really enjoyed four. And so going back and seeing the roots, I'm like, they had it from day one. Like so many of these character designs make it all the way in to four. And I was happy to see fat guy with fireballs or I don't know, <laughs> random dominatrix coming out here and just whooping on my ass. Like Mr. This legs. Mr. Legs. Oh, there was one tall guy with legs. Was that, was, was that Freddy Krueger? I don't even remember. But that's probably Freddy Krueger guy, I think. He's just not, his legs are like eighty percent of his body for some reason. He's just really big. So it's like a I, fucking I want everyone to go play this if you have any interest in these older titles. Otherwise, it, just go play four if you just want a more modern take. Who wants next final words? Have you guys ever seen Long Furby? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Look up Long Furby, please do right. that. Hold on, I, I did it. I'm scared now. <laughs> I got a bit long F. It's the first one. It's not as bad as you think. <laughs> Are these actually cute? a little cute? <laughs> but some of them look like cryptids. And that's kind of what Mr. Legs looks like. There's a what the hell? What am I looking at? The fuck is that? <laughs> it's just like Kirby's with extra midsections, it seems. <laughs> there's also like, like dinosaur ones. Yeah. It's like a it's Kirby. It's either like a long snake. body. Or there's ones with long limbs. Those are my favorite ones. So it's really long limb Kirby. That's there's what, one what, here that looks. What on like, earth? What is this? What is this? <laughs> Dude, Kirby has like some serious shit going on. Have, there's one called the Forb, which is an orb of Furby faces. If you're looking up <laughs> Furbies, I you I recommend Long Furby and also. I'm seeing. Orb. What the fuck is this? Um, it's like Furbies, but there's like it's nursing something it's uh, young maybe. <laughs> oh no what we're gonna get a... what the oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god 
listeners at home, it's a long Furby, but there's multiple smaller long Furbies that are like up against his body, like it's nursing or like giving sweet milk, milk to the baby fur long Furbies. That that's, that's enough internet crazy. for today. Somebody made that. Um, speaking of Freddy Krueger, that's something from fucking Nightmare Elm Street right there. All right, who wants these next final words? Um, I guess I'll go. I think Streets of Rage. I'd give it like a maybe not a hard recommend, but I'd definitely give it a solid recommend. Like this is one of those games that I'd say if if you're a fan of retro style games, this is like one of those must plays of like the Genesis library. Like it still holds up to this day, and. <laughs> And honestly, <laughs> I'd recommend like checking out the entire series honestly because one is one is great, two is also equally great. Like the soundtracks, the gameplay, graphics, everything about this game screams Sega in the '90s, which was like the best Sega there was at the time. That is until Yakuza came and dethroned them with a giant suplex. That is what about us? Really Shadow of the Hedgehog came and dethroned them. <laughs> That's a good callback. I appreciate it, Philip. I love the intro to Shadow the Hedgehog. That's about it. No, I concur to the Yakuza comparison just because I love Yakuza. Yakuza is the best. Or Lack of Dragon because they have changed the name in the U.S. for some reason. Yeah, they're giving us the good old Resident Evil, yeah. but in reverse, go, I guess. The Biohazard, Resident Evil, Gridiron, Iron Knuckles. What, what's it called? The Yakuza series, as if the spinoffs aren't confusing enough as is right now with like like newcomers. Now they're like changing the name yeah. to the series completely, so... Well, I guess because the gameplay is they're changing up to just straight up RPG now. I guess they want to just rebrand it, but can just call it Yakuza yeah, like a dragon too. Oh, yeah, the fuck. But uh, back on topic, uh, I'll I'll echo what uh, Bill says. It's definitely Street Rage is definitely uh, I think a must play for anyone that's interested in older games or just in beat 'em in general. Uh, killer soundtrack, great co op game. Yes, I'd I'd, rec- I'd highly recommend it. Ninety nine cents on Steam, everyone. What a deal. And I think it has remote play too, or where you can, uh, like if you have a, a friend, they can like log in and play with you Parsec style. It's, it's also, also every single comp- yeah. um, compilation yeah. imaginable. So pretty much. Nate, what about you? Final words. The game is hilarious. Um, I absolutely love these games that are like beat em ups with friendly fire because one of my favorite things to do is to damage my friends and laugh about it. And so there's a lot of friendly fire in Streets of Rage. And the best part is, is that you, you do greatly reduce damage to your friends. So it's almost like encouraged because you're not really hurting each other that badly. It's just annoying and a a minor annoyance. Yeah. But it makes me feel really good. It's so stupid. How often we bump into each other and like, great suplex time. I, I, one of my favorite things is like when Phillips mid combo and I swing my pipe, like, a mile away from him and I take him out with it and he's just like I just hear him go, Oh my god. Please. <laughs> like he's just trying to beat this fucking game. See, all suplexes to me have just kind of like lost their edge because ever since I played FF six, it's like it's not a suplex unless you suplex a train. Oh you didn't mention how uh if you try to suplex the fat guy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's very thematic. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good touch. All right, so seems like a round table pretty good recommend. So I think with that, we can thank our guest, Bill. Thanks again once for coming on. How about you re-talk about your show, in case the listeners forgot? So I actually have two shows currently. I'm I'm one of the co-hosts of the Gaming Collecting Podcast. It is a anime and gaming like nostalgia-based podcast where me and my sister Alex talk about different games and topics from our childhood, along with like modern topics. I also have the uh, the 3DO experience. It's currently on hiatus, but it's a uh, 
a retrospective podcast that focuses on the 3DO interactive multiplayer system and the company behind it, the 3DO company. That's right. You were doing it. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's on hiatus at the moment. Nice. And once again, thank you, Tony. Have you shout out where you're from as well? Uh, I run a little podcast called uh, PlayStation Rumble. It's a uh, it's me, Jamie, and Joshua. I fucking forgot his name. <laughs> oh, Josh. There. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically, we just go through the library of PlayStation games, ports, or exclusives or whatever just anything in the, in the playstation atmosphere hemisphere atmosphere anything in the playstation hemisphere we just check them out uh, either games for a past or games we've never played before we mean want to play that's been the backlog so uh it's a good time any more uh like what are some of the, like the funner titles you guys have covered oh recently we covered uh silent hill 2 um Classic. it's funny because it's funny because jamie's terrified of survivor horrors and so he had told me in the podcast, he talks about how uh, in his living space, he had to sit in a corner with headphones on, on a CRT, if it's PS2, to play Silent Hill 2 because his girlfriend is watching TV. And if anyone doesn't know, that has like that a very, uh, yeah, he was terrified. He's like, I had to put the game down like every once in a while because I just couldn't take it. He's like, I'm not a horror guy. And this game just scared the shit out of me. So you like literally it backed yourself in yeah. a corner, like in a claustrophobic setting. To one of the most like to the soundtrack. If no one's ever heard, if you have never heard a soundtrack, the soundtrack is just all instrumental horror sounds, and it's okay. very uh, atmospheric and it's very effective, even twenty something years later. So, poor Jamie, uh, how do you play this fucking game? Horror games. He hates of our horror, and he just. Suffer in the name of a podcast, especially because Silent Hill is psychological. Me and Joshua, of course, we we love we fucking love horror games, so mm. it was nothing well, to us. I don't remember what you were saying. What game were you talking about? That was your game of the year if it weren't for Elden Ring. Tunic, uh, Tunic, Tunic. Well, my Tunic is Signalis. Have you guys played Signalis? No, no. Oh my lord, oh baby, <laughs> don't tell me that because I'm about to preach a little bit. Um, all the all everyone that's normally listening is gone already. So. Look, Signalis is just, <laughs> it is literally just Silent Hill 2, Resident Evil from the PlayStation 1 era, except with none of the controller jank, none of the tank Wait, controls. Wasn't it's this just going away on Epic? I don't wasn't know. Right? I'm not sure, but it's on Game Pass right now. But also, it's only like $15, $20. I will buy this game for you, just so that I can get more people to play this game. I just got a three years of Game Pass through a, a little workaround, so... Hell yeah. Everyone did that. <laughs> I'm yeah, on I that just, still. <laughs> I just didn't know. I just, it just didn't, I just saw something in Slick Deals and it was like, use a VPN and buy this, no, buy gold for like $10, buy three years and then pay a dollar and, you know, get three years of, uh, for the conversion. I'm like, cool. And I just did that. So you guys absolutely need to play Signalis. I know Bill's definitely going to like it, but since you were talking about how much you like survival horror games, Signalis is fantastic okay, it is so like anim- yes. it is like anime futuristic s- s- silent hill that's literally what it is hey but like, i mean I'm, some of the puzzles don't require a piece of paper for the record <laughs> you, you need to physically take notes outside the game he's correct yeah. you do need to do that i mean so it's like a old school survivor game horror game because absolutely I, I, just, it, it I, recently played through, uh, I recently played through the first silent hill and I had to fucking grab out paper because yes, you need one for that one too. Not, 
Yeah. So it absolutely borrows the Silent Hill melee system and the Resident Evil uh, uh, weapon system, and it borrows the Resident Evil inventory, and it even y- j- yanks the you know the caution, fine danger thing for your lifelines. It's really cool. And also, there's a mechanic where the game keeps track of how many times you've died. And it, I think it changes the ending depending on if you died too many times. It's really fucking awesome. But it's a very open to interpretation kind of game. But the it made me feel it made me feel feelings when I beat it too. Feelings. Okay, I'm a like I said, I'm big on survival horror, horror in general. So I'm definitely going to check that out. The yes. work from my actual podcast, I'm done that I haven't that I've been avoiding. So, all right, Nave, what are we playing next week? Not quite sure. We've got some things in the oven. Possibly Twin Breaker, possibly some other things. We need to figure out what we're doing. Yes. Maybe Streets of Rage 2? Streets of Rage Month? Well, if, it, if yes, sure. Let's dedicate a whole month to it. <laughs> Maybe. We'll replay them all. So, with that, thanks for joining us this, this oof, retake. And with that, no. thanks for joining us this week, co-op partners. Maybe we can all eat meat on the bone together next time. Suplex your friend off of a building. Have a good one. Thanks for having us, guys. Uh, Goodbye. Good night. Bye.